Hello, welcome back to another episode of Stop the Clock. I believe we're on 18 and we are approaching the start of the regular season. I am your host, Sam, Sam Fermanac. Always alongside me is Judo Kanyas from Sportswalk. So today, as I mentioned, we're getting close to the start of the regular season. That means that's when the predictions start to mean a little bit more as we see these teams through training camp. We just wrapped up the first week of preseason games, which was a lot of fun. So we're going to get into it today, starting with the AFC. We'll do another podcast um, a little bit later this week, talking about the NFC. Uh, so without further ado, let's let's get right into the uh, AFC South, dude. Yeah, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have fun with this one. Um, I think not just the South, but I think the AFC uh, compared to I would say every uh, the other conference is significantly better. Uh, if you look at the teams and you look at the depth. Um, just a lot more competition we'll see. But I'm going to start with the South, and we're going to start with from the least competitive to the most, most competitive. And I'm, we're going to start with the Texans. I got the Texans at fourth. Um, I think with the Texans, there's a lot of – and I, I'm going to tend to use this with some other teams. There's a lot of smoke where there's no fire. Um, and I, I feel the Texans are a lot of that. I think Davis Mills is a quarterback who's a product of his situation. I think Davis Mills is a good quarterback, but there's a lot of – to me, there's a lot of – unneeded hype towards Davis Mill, especially if you look at what the Texans have done this offseason, which is practically nothing. Uh, yes, they have Brandon Cooks, they added Marlon Mack, but really nothing else was added to that offense in any way to help Davis Mills. Obviously, they brought in Lovey Smith, but he'll probably be out the door in a one, two years, you know, give it. Um, I just think you got to look at the Texans. They're not there's no stronghold of this team. I know they have some flashes, like they have Laramie Tunsil, Brandon Cooks. Obviously, they drafted Derek Stingley, um, and even their rookie Jalen uh, Pertry uh, from Baylor, who's looked pretty good in the preseason. But besides that, I, I think this is a fourth place team, and at best, I'm going to give them four wins. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. That's also exactly where I have uh, the Texans as well. Uh, fourth place in the South, obviously missing the playoffs. I think really this, the ceiling for this team is about five wins. Like I don't see them getting much better than that. Uh, I think we honestly got a first overall pick watch here with the Texans could looking at them picking first uh, come the spring. I thought Lovey Smith was a questionable hire head coach and just outside of Brandon Cooks, not really a lot of weapons for Davis Mills to work with here. Uh, so that's why I have them at four. If they would have added Flores, I would have given this team a higher ceiling. That's all I'm saying. I think with a guy like Flores, this like team, that. obviously the talent's not there, but I think the, the coaching does matter. And a guy like Lovey Smith doesn't, really add anything um, to a team that's in need of a structural change. I agree. All right, well, I guess I'll move on to third. Maybe we kind of just go through our full division and then let the other person do it. But I, I got Jacksonville finishing third here. I mean, this is a team that is coming off of back-to-back -back number one overall picks uh, in the last two drafts. They definitely don't want to be there for a third time. I don't think they will. I mean, we all know the Jags are not good, but I think this year coming up on Trevor Lawrence's second year, I think they're going to definitely improve. Uh, I really did like the hiring of Doug Peterson for the Jaguars. Um, I think that he will really help uh, Lawrence develop. And then, of course, the return and debut of his college teammate, Travis Etienne, uh, is going to be very exciting, of course, as a fantasy player. I'm looking forward to seeing what Travis Etienne can do and just kind of bring a a boost to this offense, give it some juice that it was kind of lacking last year. But I thought Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good in the preseason game the other day, looked a lot more confident. And I think that'll reflect still going to be third, miss the playoffs, all that. But I think it'll definitely not be a number one overall pick season for the Jaguars again. And just a tidbit before you move on to your second, I, I, I do think we saw the significant change of how good this team could be without Urban Myers, their head coach. I think, I think in just in the first two games they've played in the preseason, um, there's been a noticeable change, but uh, yeah, I mean, Doug, Doug Peterson's going to do that. He's a winning coach. We, yeah. We've seen it. All right. Now this is, this is where it gets interesting. We, we could see a little swaying here, but finishing second in the division, I have the Tennessee Titans last year's number one seed. Uh, Tannehill's reputation took a tumble in the league last year after that abysmal playoff game against the Bengals in which he threw three interceptions, which ultimately cost the number one seed from last year, uh, the game. And I don't think that'll get any better for him as he's now lost his number one receiver in AJ Brown as he was shipped off to the Eagles. Uh, and yes, they were able to re replace him with Traylon Burks. They added Robert Woods, who's in a similar situation to Henry, where we're coming off an injury and we don't know exactly what we're going to get. I think it's better for Henry. I have full confidence that Henry will make a full return, but I don't know what kind of Robert Woods we're going to be getting here for the Titans, especially now that he's not in that McVay offense. Um, 
personally, I think they'll still be in the mix up until the end. They have a tough, gritty defense. Mike Vrabel is an outstanding coach, just one coach of the year. He will definitely keep them competitive. Of course, when you have King Henry, that's always going to be fun. Um, however, I'm going to have them just missing the playoffs uh, and finishing second in the South. And that, of course, leaves only one, one more team here, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. I think Matt Ryan is a huge upgrade over Carson Wentz. I 100%. Mean, he, was, he was still playing good. I mean, yes, he's maybe fallen off a little bit from his MVP form. No one denies that. But he nearly had 4,000 yards last season with Kyle Pitts as really his only weapon. Now you give him one of the best offensive lines in football to go along with one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in football, and Jonathan Taylor. It's I'm just really excited to see what Matt Ryan could do with these kind of pieces around. Of course, you have Michael Pittman as well, who had a breakout year last year with Carson Wentz. Now you get a Matt Ryan guy who's used to having that bigger kind of receiver like a Julio. I think we've talked extensively about Pittman being another breakout yeah. guy this year. Breakout guy. Um, and then, of course, you have an elite defense. You have guys like Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, one of the more like low-key moves of the offseason. They acquired Stephon Gilmore from the, the Panthers. is still a very good corner, so... Uh, they'll, they'll, this is a pretty easy division that the Colts should be able to clean up in. Um, but I have them finishing, obviously, first in their division, and they will be the fourth seed in the AFC for me. Well, I, I, I do got to say, I know I'm heading off to college, and I think it's only right that we finally agree on something, um, and that is the AFC South. I mean, I, I think if you look at it, and, and actually, I do find the AFC South very interesting. I think while it is probably the least competitive out of the four divisions of the AFC, I kind of feel like it has a team in every tier, if you get what I mean. You have the Texans who are a very bottom low team. You have the Jaguars who they're kind of getting out that bottom low team. They have the potential, but the potential, we just haven't seen the potential on the field yet. You have the Titans who to me are very mediocre of the pack. And then like you've already, you know, flaunt, uh, floundered about the, the Colts. I mean, this team is terrific. To me, I, th I think the Colts are a true threat. Um, and we'll obviously talk about our AFC predictions later, but um, I, I see this team as Obviously, making out of the South uh, with the number one seed. I mean, number you know, number one number first one place. South, yeah. um, but I, I think they can make real noise. But I, I will get my notes real quick on the Jags and the Titans, and I'll keep it brief. I, I think like like everything you alluded to. I mean, you, you get he uh, Trevor Lawrence finally gets ETN. To me, that's a big move. I, I think James Robinson. He was only so good. Um, I think ETN has the potential to be better than what James Robinson is. Um, obviously, James Robinson, he might not even play for some of the season, and that gives Travis ETN the green light early on. Um, the one question mark, and you know, there's a question mark for every team, but I think the receiving core, t to me, is still a big question mark. I know they tried to address it. Indianapolis? In, no, no, I'm talking oh, about the Jaguars. Okay. And I'm going to put it in quotations, tried to fix the receiving core um, with the money they threw at some players. I think they're great. I think they're good receivers. I don't think they're great. I don't think they get you over the leap. I still think they're missing a guy. I think Marvin Jones has the potential, but I think you're reaching too much on him. But I'll move. I'll move to the Titans. Um, to me, I look at the Titans. Is they are going to see this impact of AJ Brown be very significant. Uh, I don't realize. I don't think the Titans realize how big of a move like this is. And I, I kind of put in my notes, I, obviously AJ Brown to me isn't on the level of Cooper Cup. He's not on the level of a guy like Devontae Adams. But when you move a guy, you feel the same impact of moving a guy like Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams just because of how the offense, to me, uh, besides Derrick Henry, that that receiving corps really is pretty shaky without AJ Brown. I know they try to replace him with Traylon Burks, but you're betting a lot on a rookie and a very, to me, underwhelming receiving core to do much. Obviously, their defense has been great. Jeffrey Simmons in the middle for that defensive line. But I look at it as like they only can go so much far. I get Derrick Henry's a phenomenal player, but the defense and Derrick Henry are going to have to do a lot of the carrying um, to make any noise to me in the postseason or even out of the AFC South. And I don't even need to talk about the Titans. I, I mean, the Colts. I think Matt Ryan was a phenomenal addition. I think you bring in a former MVP, a, def a former defensive player of the year, too, and Stephon Gilmore, both studs. I mean, ba you basically said everything for me. I mean, Michael Pittman is a beast. Uh, their receiving core is pretty good. I mean, I was actually looking at their receiving core. They got at least four or five receivers who are six, three in that room. I mean, this is a yeah, big receiving big core. Um, I also have hopes for your former Ohio state player, Paris Campbell. Um, I know he's dealt with injuries, but yeah, he he's just yeah. hasn't been able to be, <laughs> he hasn't. And maybe no, if he can stay healthy, I think he could be a fun weapon for them. But, uh, but like you said, I mean, yeah. they, they've got top offensive line. They've got Jonathan Taylor. Their defense is great. I mean, if you want to put it that, I, I just, I have high hopes for this Colts. And like I've mentioned, we'll talk about it later. I, I think this can be a, a true team that tests the better teams in the AFC when it comes to the postseason.
Yeah, I mean, I I'm gonna I'm gonna shift over now to the uh, the AFC East. That's the second division we'll be talking about here, and let's let's start at four. And it, I I am gonna have with some reluctance because I do really love this team. That's the New York Jets. Um, I mean, we the Jets just dodged a massive bullet this week when Zach Wilson only went down with a bone bruise, should miss two to six weeks. A lot of people thought it would be an ACL, but they'll have Zach Wilson back. And I think they really have some outstanding young pieces. I mean, you look at this receiving core. You got you got more. You got Garrett Wilson, uh, Davis, Braxton Berrios. You drafted Brees Hall, who has the potential to be a great young running back. Um, but then again, the defense is not that good. You lost Mekhi Becton for the season. I don't love Robert Sala. I mean, with a lot of these like young and new, exciting teams, they're all led by offensive-minded head coaches. The NFL sort of shying away from sort of the defensive mind first kind of guys. And that's exactly what Robert Sala is, which I, I love him as a coordinator. I just don't know if he has it as a coach. So that's why I don't really see the Jets doing much in this division. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll I'll carry on with that. I mean, we both have the Jets at four, but actually for a few different reasons. Um, you, you mentioned how you're not impressed by the defense or not as interesting. To me, I think the defense is actually one of the more interesting parts of this team. And, and I'll, I'll start with the offense real quick. To me, I think they, they did bring in a lot of pieces. I think Garrett Wilson is a hell of an addition. They have guys like Corey Davis, uh, Jamison Crowder, guys still in that receiver room that, well, I don't you think, know. I think Crowder went uh, to the Bills, actually. Oh, he did? Okay. Well, yeah. they, they still have some very Elijah solid guys. Moore. Elijah Moore is who I meant. Um, very solid guys. This is another situation where I see there's a lot of smoke and no fire. I, I get the that Zach Wilson dodged a bullet with a torn ACL, but to me, does Zach Wilson really move the needle for me? I mean, I we, we look at him, he only had, I mean, he had a pretty subpar rookie year. Now, all granted, he's a rookie. He, he you know, he, he was played at BYU, coming to the NFL is, is a huge change, but has there really been anything to show me that Zach Wilson can be that guy? I mean, I, I, we, we, I saw the preseason game. Even before he went down, he threw an abysmal interception. He didn't look anything like what Trevor Lawrence looked in his first debuts. And so I, I just look at it as like, yes, this team has a potential. Yes, they have the receiver room. Yes, they brought in a running back. And it doesn't help that your head coach is obviously more of a defensive-minded guy. But I have to see more from Zach Wilson till I can actually believe that the potential is there. Um, I know he flashed it in college, but I'll just finish it with the defense. I think to me, actually, the defense is the most interesting thing. Look, they can't be worse than what they were last year. I mean, they were 30th in passing yards, 29th in rush yards, uh, 32nd in points on average drive with about three points um, a drive. They were 30th in turnover percentage, 27th in third down percentage, and 21st in red zone percentage. I know if I threw a lot of percentiles there, but a lot of low, pretty low bad. Tier. Yeah, if you just all you I have mean, to hear is the place to, that. to yeah. me, you can't get worse than that. I think they brought in guys like Sauce Gardner um, uh, or Mard Gardner, I should say, because you know he hasn't earned the Sauce name because he hasn't done much in the NFL. But they also brought in Jeremiah Johnson, and they they've signed guys in the you know recent years. I think Carl Lawson, he's coming back from his injury. We'll see what he's able to do. I think his defense is interesting, and with a guy like Robert Sala, who obviously is not really going to help the offense, if he can put anything of a better defense onto that field, obviously they're still going to stay at four. But I think it does help them a little bit. No, absolutely. All right, let's let's go on to the Patriots. That's who I have at three. I mean, look, Mac was great last year. Bill Belichick proved why he's the greatest head coach of all time. I just don't think they have the talent, per se, to make it in the AFC this year. I mean, J.C. Jackson was a massive loss to that defense. I mean, the offensive weapons just really aren't good enough to compete with the Bills. The defense will still be solid. It's Bill Belichick. They did lose Josh McDaniels as an offensive mind. And they have Matt Patricia calling play calls, which I definitely don't trust, especially – in Actually, Joe Judge too. It's going to be a mix oh, of uh, Jesus. That's the and Bill Belichick. Worse. So it's the okay. it's it's the meeting of the minds, um, as we should put it. <laughs> that's like elite and low end. But <laughs> yeah. besides the point, I just don't think they have the tools to compete with Miami and Buffalo, and that's exactly what the next two teams are starting at two. It's going to be the Miami Dolphins, who I think are, I think they're probably one of the more fascinating teams in the in the NFL this year. I mean. There was the whole drama to start it off with Brian Flores. He shouldn't have been fired. We all know that there was obviously a lot of shady stuff going on in that situation. But the fact of the matter is he did get fired. So who are they going to bring to replace him? And they went and got Mike McDaniel. So I thought it was a fantastic hire for them with, with a lot of the pieces that they have. And then out of nowhere, Tyreek Hill gets shipped off to Miami. You now have probably the fastest 
Off, I'm not going to say probably. You have the fastest offense you in the NFL. Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill. They brought in Raheem Mostert, who's probably Miles the fastest Gaskin. running back in the league. My, my, yeah, Miles Gaskin's kind of trash. But He's it still is fast. It, yeah, it's still fast. <laughs> but, yeah, so they've assembled this fast team. But, of course, it all rests on Tua. That's that's literally the story for the Miami Dolphins. Is this Tua yeah. in his third year going to take that next step under an offensive-minded head coach with all these weapons I mean, look, he played in 13 games last year, and his stat line wasn't great. He threw for about 2,600 yards. He had 16 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Not outstanding. And that's got to be better for the Dolphins if you want to compete with the Bills. However, there is hope because in those 13 games, the Dolphins were 8-5. and five, So it's not like he was necessarily the reason why they were losing. But with the firepower that the Bills have as to go along with the rest of the AFC – I just don't see – I mean, maybe they can sneak in personally. I'm going to have to finish in second. I think their ceiling is 11-6, and six, but their floor is 8-9. and nine. So they'll def- definitely be in the mix for most of the season. I could see them maybe sneaking in, but probably not. I'm going to have them missing the playoffs, but still finishing second in the division. Well, then I'll, I mean, look, I, I don't know what's happening today, but we are just agreeing on everything. And I know that's, I know. These, I, these are the easy two divisions. Why do you think? We and I was going to say, I, I know it's about to change when we get to the North and the, the West. But look, I, I think a lot of what you said of the Patriots is completely true. I think the first, look, there, there's no denying that Bill Belichick will go down as the one, one of the greatest coach. I mean, there was a stat that I saw. I think he's been coaching for 47 years and Brian Dable oh. is 45 years old. I mean, that dude, that's yeah, crazy. Like that. um, but look, when you haven't chosen an offensive coordinator, and I know he was trying to say, oh, we don't, we don't care about titles. And you got a young quarterback. I'm discouraged as a young quarterback if you're not naming an OC. I, I, to me, that was the big glaring red flag when you look at the Patriots of, okay, they don't have an OC and they have a second-year quarterback who was – average in a, according to nfl people the 85th best player over cd lamb but um you can't they, no, they lists are so garbage 100 percent um but you're giving them no i mean you're giving them no belief right now you're not getting an oc like that obviously the receiver room's shaky to me i know they brought on Devonte parker their defense is going to carry them to some wins their offensive line is good we'll see what the running backs do like ramondre stevenson i know damian harris is almost maybe on the trade block but I think a lot of it's just going to rely on defense. Defense is probably going to win a few games for them. But like you said, this Dolphins team has gotten really good. And this Bills team, to me, just like the Indianapolis Colts, it's their division to lose. This is their division to lose, clearly. I think the Bills, um, in my book, and I can say now, I think they're the best team in the AFC. To me, I just I look at them and I say, okay, you have a fourth-year Josh Allen. Um, I mean, he's a big physical guy with an arm like a cannon. Um, and I, it, it, to me, it's like Stefan Diggs might not be considered one of the best receivers or oh, at least a he top, he's, he's, a, he's a really, he's, he's one of the one best receiver. receivers, but you know, he's not in the, the top three and he's not, you know, like an abs, but when you got the chemistry, like him and Josh Allen have mm-hmm. to me, that doesn't even matter where you rank because that's unmatched and not every quarterback and receiver have that. They have, you know, a, a good offensive line. Their defense is elite. Um, Obviously, Sean McDermott has done a hell of a job, hell of a job in Buffalo. But I do want to talk about the Dolphins real quick because I think looking at Tua and, and looking at what the Dolphins have there, obviously they have a really fast team. That's no question. And, and we all know it relies on Tua. To me, I think Tua will play over the expectations of what have been put on him. Now, does that mean I think he's going to go out, throw 50 touchdowns and be an MVP? No, I don't think that's going to be the case. But I think the expectations – are kind of middle of the pack. I don't think people are saying out there that Tua is going to be this phenomenal quarterback, and I don't think people are saying he's going to be this bad quarterback. So I think he'll play the above average role that he'll be. Um, supposedly he's had a really good camp so far. I mean, he he was tearing up the joint practices for the versus the Buccaneers. I heard in the second day they just could not even stop the offense, uh, and Tua was just slinging it. I think there's high hopes for this Dolphins team, but like I mentioned, I think it's Buffalo's to lose, and as long as Buffalo they can stay healthy, they can win their games. I. I just don't see how they could do it. And James Cook, I think that dude's going to be a stud. I think yeah. later in the season, uh, he'll, he'll get a lot of the touches. Yeah, you laid it out for Buffalo. I mean, I think – I'm not even – this is their conference losers. I think they're going to finish as the number one seed in the AFC. I mean, you have Josh Allen, who's going to have an MVP caliber season. I mean, of course, you have Stephon Diggs, who's top five, top six receiver in this league. Looking at maybe a Gabe Davis breakout. They brought in Jamison yeah. Crowder to fill that Cole Beasley. This Sanders team is just – weirdly getting better and they were already really and good the thing is last year. year the bills had the number one total defense number one pass defense and number one scoring defense 
And they brought in Vaughn Miller this year, who's going to give them that boost. How did I, yeah. yeah, they give them that boost on the pass rush. This With Vaughn Miller, of course, you know he's going to be recruiting Odell Beckham. That could lead to that as well. So this is their division to lose. I think and- they have – they have a chance to have a 15 win season. And I think they definitely, I think they win the AFC as a total. A hundred percent. And I'll, and I'll add one more point. I think the Bills' schedule looking at, they have the 12th strength it's a of tough schedule. schedule. It's a tough schedule. I think that's actually the best thing for the Bills. I mean, if you look at it, they play the, they played the Rams, the Bengals, the Chiefs, Miami and Baltimore all on the road. I think that is, to me, I think that's the best test that you're going to get. If you already have those tests in the regular season, you're going to go to the postseason and be like, I mean, this is a cakewalk. Obviously, it's not going to be a cakewalk, but it does prepare you instead of playing a very easy schedule and going to the playoffs and then having to play, you know, one of those harder teams and then just not being prepared. Yeah. All right. So as we get into the North and the West, I think what we should do, because there there definitely could be some some disagreements here. Let's I'm not going to say go rapid fire, but let's go a little fast, name a couple points, and then we can get into debating what uh, what we think is going to sort of shake out if we have any disagreements. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you start off with the North starting in last place. All right, last place I have the Steelers. Uh, I think the yeah. Steelers, uh, now actually I should put a handicap on my fourth and third spot real quick. Well, it I think all of this it. to me depends on Deshaun Watson and what happens. I, it, I'm sorry, if Deshaun Watson is out for the season, as good as the Browns are, they could be a fourth place team. I, I'm just being real. They have a really good team. But Jacoby Brissett is not good. And maybe if they get Jimmy Garoppolo, things could change. But anyway, for now, we're matching Deshaun six to eight games. I, th- I still think the Steelers stay at that fourth position. Look, I think they – I don't know if they have their guy in Kenny Pickett. I watched him. He looked all right. He looked good. He looked good, but I'm not, I'm not going to you know overreact. I think Trubisky is obviously going to be the week one starter. He's had a really good training camp. In fact, he hasn't even thrown an interception in training camp. Um they have solid playmakers. Najee Harris is obviously going to be the playmaker. And George Pickens, I mean, sorry, George P- Pickens, right? Did I say George yeah. Pickens? No, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. why. <laughs> I was thinking Pickett. It's, yeah. Okay. George Pickens, to me, will be the receiver one by the end of the year. Um, Ooh, okay. Third place, I, I have the Browns. Um, like I've mentioned, I think this team's actually the most interesting. They could go be the first place team. They could be the fourth place team. Uh, it really depends on what Deshaun Watson does and how well he, you know, if he does potentially come back if he plays at that star-studded level. Uh, I think, you know, they have a hell of a team. They have probably one of the most well-rounded rosters in the league. I mean, they have a one-two punch with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Whoa. Can't get better than that. Um, they have a top three offensive line. They have a really good secondary. Um, there's not a lot wrong with this team. I mean, the receivers, yes, it's not such a threat. Amar Cooper's still a really good receiver. Peoples Jones has had a good training camp. They have it all. But it just comes down to Watson. That's I just I just got to. That's now my second place team is the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I think the Cincinnati Bengals right now they won on their marvelous Super Bowl run, and there's no discrediting it. And I still think the Bengals they will still be in the conversation at the end of the day when it comes to the AFC. But looking at it, I think what moves the needle more for the Ravens is a healthy Lamar Jackson. I am a huge Lamar Jackson believer. Not only am I that, but they have a really strong defense. Their offensive line, it's pretty good. I mean, in fact, it, it is pretty good. And their secondary is wild. I mean, I mean, you add guys like Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Allen, not Marcus, Marcus Williams, to that secondary where you already have Marcus Peters, you already have Marlon Humphrey, you already have some other guys. And then a defensive line that, okay, doesn't wow the world, but still is going to get after the quarterback. To me, the Ravens are just so scary of what they can do with their running ability. And then I also like Rashad Bateman a lot. I think he's a breakout guy. Um, and then... J.K. Dobbins as well. I think we've already talked about both of those two as being breakout stars. I think those are both breakout stars. I don't I don't see why not. Um, and that's why they just moved the needle a little bit for me. At the end of the day, it will come down to Bagels-Ravens in probably a Week 15-16 matchup whenever they play. All right. I love it. So, of course, as I predicted, we're going to have a disagreement to start right off. I'm going to have the Browns finishing last. I agreed with all your points. I Wait, um, I have a question. Even if Watson were to play? Let me get there. Okay. I agree 100% with what you said. They have one of the better rosters in the National Football League. Kareem Hunt might be requesting a trade, whatever. Doesn't matter. They have guys I mean, in the secondary. No leverage, they have guys but... in the front seven. I agree. <laughs> However, though, you're not going to win games in this AFC with Jacoby Brissett. It's just not going to happen. He's already a six-game percent uh, suspension. It's looking like it could be eight. The league is really trying to push for him to suspend it all year. 1,000% they'll finish last if you suspend him the entire year. If it's eight games, 
I just don't know how you can recover when the rest of the division is this good. And let's look at Pittsburgh real quick, because if, if there's just an inkling of possibility for the Steelers to squeak ahead, they absolutely will. Mike Tomlin is one of the best head coaches in the league. And yes, there's absolute reservations about the quarterback situation. I do not like Mitchell Trubisky as a starting quarterback. I don't like any of them. That being said, uh, and no, no, I think I don't like Trubisky. Definitely not Mason Rudolph and Pickett is too early to tell. And I don't trust I'd him. Rather I don't trust Trubisky. him. Throw, no, I agree. But because I'm not trying to throw my guy into the fire yeah. immediately. That's my yeah. point. I don't like mm-hmm. the quarterback situation at all. That being said, that being said, they got Najee Harris. They have one of the best, one of the better receiving cores in the NFL, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. They got George Pickens, who looks like that guy. He's been that guy in training camp. He was that guy against the Seahawks. And of course, they have still one of the best defenses in the NFL. You got guys like Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, who have that consistently for the last, what, four years been a top defense. Yes, the quarterback situation is shaky, but they were able to squeak into the playoffs with a dilapidated Ben Roethlisberger last year. If there's any inkling, I mean, Mike, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in his tenure with the Steelers at all. I don't. I think that could definitely break this year just because of how good the AFC is. But I think if there's a sliver where the Browns are struggling because they don't have Watson, the Steelers will absolutely overtake them. Now for the fun stuff, though, because it, it really does come down to Baltimore and Cincinnati. And I think revenge is on the mind of a certain team. Glad we can agree on one thing. The Baltimore Ravens. They are finishing first in the division. This team was brutalized by injuries last year. You you basically lose your entire running back room. You got Gus Edwards, a solid goal linebacker, and then J.K. Dobbins, who had a fantastic rookie year, finishing with double-digit touchdowns Mm -hmm. and 900 yards, something like that. Mm-hmm. As well as their two star corners, they lost both mm-hmm. Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters for the entire year. And then, as you said, mm-hmm. the the additions that they were able to make with signing mm-hmm. Marcus Williams, and then they came out and had one of the best draft classes in the NFL this year by mm-hmm. getting a Kyle Hamilton. They drafted Tyler Lindenbaum to really shore up that offensive line. Yes, mm-hmm. they lost Marquise Brown. Sure, I like Rashad Bateman stepping up. They still have Mark Andrews. This offense has never really been one to have a star receiver. It's always functioned just being able to but Bateman's that guy through Lamar. I know yeah, nobody's been that guy. And I think Rashad Bateman has a chance to be, but that's just not what the offense is. It's because yeah. you have Lamar Jackson who's coming but off I, an injury. But I think that's what makes the offense so scary. Exactly. It can be that guy. Exactly. If, they, if they have a guy in Rashad Bateman, yeah. then it's over. Wow. I think Lamar Jackson has a chance to return to MVP form. I mean, he was already playing outstanding before getting hurt. They were eight and four, I think something like that first in division before he went down. So he can 100% return to MVP form this year. And I think he does. And that leaves the Cincinnati Bengals at two, who I think, okay, the Ravens, I think will finish second in the AFC behind the Bills winning this division. And then the Bengals, they'll be the wild card, but they'll be the best wild card out there. They'll be number five. And the reason for that is because this is probably the hardest decision of the podcast was choosing the ring, the Ravens or the Bengals. Cause I absolutely think that the Ravens, the, yeah. the Bengals could win this division. You have Joe Burrow just came off of a legendary season. You have one of the most star-studded offenses in football with Joe Mixon finally putting it together. Jamar Chase just mm-hmm. burst onto the scene. And, of course, you have T. Higgins, who's probably one of the best, if not the best, number two receiver in the league to go along with Tyler Boyd. And they shored up the offensive line. That was priority number one. They got guys like Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins, which is, again, the number one priority. However, I think Baltimore's defense is significantly better than Cincinnati's. Not to say Cincinnati's yeah. is bad because they have a good defense. It's just Baltimore's is star-studded, and I like those better. That's why I like Baltimore winning this division. So I'm just going to go back uh, before I talk about the Ravens and Bengals, even though we agree. Uh, I'm going to go back to the Browns and Steelers. And, and to me, why I think the Browns still have the edge. Now, obviously, you listed the reasons. Najee Harris, the the quarterback room's shaky. The, the defense still there. I like the Cleveland Browns defense better than Steelers defense. Um, but but here's here's my biggest thing. It, it We're going to just say worst case scenario besides a year is eight games for Deshaun Watson. Okay. I could realistically see the Browns go five and three in their first games without Sean Watson. You play the Carolina Panthers. That's a win. You play the New York Jets. That's a win. You play Pittsburgh. I'm going to imagine that's a win. You beat Atlanta. You don't beat the Chargers in week five. You beat New England in week six. You lose to Baltimore in week seven, and you lose to Cincinnati in week eight. That's still five and three, and then you have a bye week. 
if well, you're in that position you could lose to the Patriots, Watson, you could lose to the Jets. But can you? You, can, but you, you can. have a With Jacoby Brissett, absolutely. But here's my you thing. Can. You you have the running backs to me to beat that team. I think this Kareem team. Kareem Hunt's not playing right now. Like, I know he has no leverage, but he's not playing. But you, but you still have Nick Chubb. And what really separates me is the Steelers have an awful offensive line. I mean, that, that's not hard that, to that ignore. That wasn't a problem for Najee the, last the, year, though. The, the Cleveland, but that's my point, is if you don't have a quarterback, and yes, Najee Harris is great, but your offensive line sucks, you can only rely so much on that running back. And and we got to be honest. I mean, the, the, the Browns still have a pretty damn good offensive line. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, if Nick Chubb is running behind that, Nick Chubb and the defense can win these games. I mean, these aren't difficult games. Carolina's not a tough game. New York's not a tough game. Pittsburgh, in division, it's going to be a tough game. I still think they can beat Pittsburgh. Atlanta, obviously the Chargers, I don't think they're going to be in the, the, the realm of the Chargers. And New England, I, I think those are all wins you can easily pick up. Now, not easily because it's the NFL, but I, I still think those are five plausible wins you can have. If you're sitting at five and three and Deshaun Watson comes back, yes, you have a tough Miami, Buffalo, Tampa Bay in those next three weeks, but I still think you can make noise where it's you look at the Steelers. To me, the team isn't as complete um, as the, the Cleveland Browns. And yes, I'm not a big fan of Jacoby Brissett, but I think he's serviceable in that role, even though I just, just kind of trashed him. Look, I know, I know, I'm not in love with Mitchell Trubisky, but you have to look at the situation that he's that he was in in Chicago, right? He had Matt Nagy as his coach and offensive play caller, and who are his receivers? In that one good year that they had, they had Alan Robinson. Robinson. That was about it. Maybe you had. Um, did they have Jimmy Graham out there? Jim, man, Jimmy Graham was more of their goal line guy. And then um, running back, uh, Tariq Cohen, was great for them as well. You go to Buffalo. Damn good defense. You go to – that's my – what do you think he has in Pittsburgh? You think you're going to hey, run so- – if you look at Pittsburgh versus Cleveland, right, and you're going to say, okay, we're going to run the ball the whole game because the receiving core in Cleveland is not great. You have Damari Cooper, and that's about it. Maybe you got Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's all right. You have Jacoby Brissett throwing them the ball, which I don't have a lot of confidence in. So let's say, okay, we're going to run. We're, that's a different story, but they're going to run. We're going to run Nick Chubb, right? You still have Cameron Hayward, TJ Watt. You have very good run defenders for this Pittsburgh Steelers but defense. But to me, that's one game. Stop. But that's one game. Okay, I'm telling you, if you're going, you, you can the go five and three. I, what if I mean, you're going you can in go four and four, and you have Deshaun Watson. Who you're going played, four and four. Deshaun I Watson think... hasn't played football in almost two years. We saw, I mean, yes, it's a preseason. I'm not going to hold anything against him, but we saw how he looked. He looked god awful. Look, do you want me to tell you the Steelers' first eight games is not easy? I mean, oh, you have I, Cincinnati. I agree. New I England, just think Cleveland, Jacoby Brissett is your quarterback. It's no, not going to no, happen. And I and I'm. I think we both. I think we're kind of fighting a battle that's not really won for either teams because both teams are going to be bottom low. But what I'm trying to say is, I just have to put the Browns ahead of the Steelers just right now because one, the Browns. Earlier part of the schedule is a little more favorable. The Steelers don't have a great first eight weeks. I mean, you play Cincinnati, you're playing Tampa, you're playing Miami, you're playing Philadelphia, you're playing Cleveland, you're playing Buffalo. I mean, that's it's kind of brutal in those first eight weeks. So that's how I see it. And, and I don't have much more to say on the Bengals Ravens. I think we both can agree. I think, yeah, no, we we were there. No, we're going to get to somewhere where we're this is this is somewhere we're definitely going to so, disagree. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. What are you going to say? No, you, you say so you, you mentioned how you had the Ravens at two and the Bengals at five. Yes. So I'm just gonna make an educated. Okay, I just I'm and I I we're, it's like clues well you for can me, guess so who the winner I'm the, gonna guess the winner who the, of yeah, the West is gonna be at three. That's yeah no no I know they're gonna I be at three, it, but I know it. who it's gonna be. I know it's gonna be. Well, okay, let's if we're gonna do a little Go math ahead. here, we're, I'm playing a little clue. I'm playing a little clue. Little clue. All right, so I'm playing a little clue. The Bills figure in the division and get in the number one seed. No other team from the East. Look, if you have the Bengals at five, I know who you have at six. That's all I'm saying. I know, I know, who you, I know who you have at six, and I know who you have at three. I trust me, I know. All right, you know what? Let's let's. Maybe I don't. Should we get into it? Should I write it on paper? I'm gonna write it on paper. You, yeah, <laughs> well, it's, right. I'm I'm a little predictable like that. Yeah, I, go ahead. All right, well, go ahead. we're gonna we're gonna start off at number four, just mm-hmm. to just a bit of intrigue, and I I think we'll probably agree with who's at four here. Oh, at least we better agree with who's at four here. And that's the Las the Vegas at four. That's the Las Vegas Raiders. Now it's kind of wild because I'm I'm writing this down, and in my notes I put a ceiling and a floor for each team. All right, mm-hmm. and my ceiling for this team was twelve and five. If everything goes right for the Las Vegas wow. Raiders, they have a great season. They could go twelve and five. They're a good team. Yet I somehow still have them finishing fourth in the division. That's how good this division is. I mean, they have a chance of maybe having one of the better offenses and the best offenses in the league. 
Derek Carr, you got the best receiver in the league, and Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro broke on broke out onto the scene last year. You have a top five tight end in Darren Waller, and Josh Jacobs is a serviceable running back. However, what's going to prevent this from happening is you have a god-awful offensive line over there in Vegas. And mix that with a defense that will be okay at best because of the lack of players in their secondary. The only players that strike fear in my eyes from that Raiders defense is Max Crosby and maybe maybe Chandler Jones, who's he was even a little shaky last year. So this defense doesn't scare me. The offense definitely scares me. But in a division where you're going to need to play both, the Raiders only really have one side of the piece figured out. So that's why I have them finishing fourth. They'll still be a good team. They'll still give fits to the other three teams in the division and will be in playoff contention for most of the year. But I just don't have them sealing the deal this year. Yeah. So I'll just, obviously we both had the Raiders at four. I, I just thought of this in my head. I think it's perfect to me. And this is only if you're from LA, so you would get it to me. The Raiders are Hollywood, right? It seems glamorous because they have some of these star studded players, but then you look at the depth and you're like, wow, this team is bad. Not bad, but they're just, but just there's not a there's lot, not a lot of depth to it. Yeah. And so I, I think we kind of hear with the Raiders, and, and it's true, and there's no denying it, is that if they weren't in the West, they'd be you know, a first-place team or a second-place yeah, team. Yeah, I, I think they could. In yeah. some divisions, and besides the AFC. I'm thinking the NFC and the AFC. I they, think they, they could give the Colts a little run, maybe. I, don't I think know. they could give the Colts, too. Um, so I'm looking at it, and I'm, and I'm thinking, look, the, these are two home-run si- trades and signings you get. You get Chandler Jones, and you get Devontae Adams, but you're in the West. But it's not just they're in the West. Their defense isn't that great. I mean, besides Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, like you mentioned, the secondary. Yeah. Like you have to contain Russell Wilson, I mean, Patrick yeah. Mahomes, and Justin <laughs> Herbert. Like it's it's not great. They also have a very makeshift offensive line. They're relying a lot on their second-year guy, Alex Leatherwood, to really have a really good season. It's funny. I think their best offensive line is Colton Miller, who I remember when he was selected, everyone said, Oh, that was said, funny as hell. That was, why that did they take laughing. this guy? But he's actually become a pretty good uh, offensive lineman. Anyway, the point is, the Raiders, they have the stars, but when you really go to Vegas and you actually go into the streets of Vegas, you're like, oh, why am I here? So that's my take on the that's my that's my take on the Las Vegas Raiders. All right. So now we're at three. And this is this is very interesting for me to say this because it has definitely not been this year. They've been this way for the last couple of years. This is where we'll definitely, I think, have our first disagreement. Maybe we'll see. That's the Kansas City Chiefs finishing third in the AFC West. Now, it's crazy to say that, but I think I have to do it. I mean, when you're looking at this team that lost two of their top five players, they lost Tyree Kill and they lost Tyron Matthew. And I don't think people realize how big the Tyron Matthew loss is. Well, I think he's a little overrated for that defense. He is everything. He is the leader. He is the signal caller. He does all of that stuff for that defense. I mean, you see every time he looks behind and see Daniel Sorensen getting burnt. He knows where Daniel Sorensen should have been. It's like, what the hell? However, yes, they added key guys on offense. They got Juju. They got NBS. They got Sky Moore, who I think will all, all be great pieces. I think Juju has an outstanding opportunity here to revive his career, but it's not Tyreek Hill. It's not. It's just not. And I think if you look at this Chiefs team, when they had Tyreek, when they had Tyron Matthew last year, they got off to a slow start. To the first, like, seven games, they were three and four yeah. or something like that. You cannot afford to do that this year. So you're like, okay, let's get off to a fast start. Do you want to see their first eight games? They have to play. This is in order. The Cardinals, the Chargers, the Colts, the Bucks, the Raiders, the Bills, the Niners, and the Titans. Then they get a nice little cakewalk with the Jags. And then after the Jags games, they get the Chargers again. They get the Rams. They get the Bengals. And they get Denver. Yeah, that's- So it is a probably the most brutal start to any NFL season for any team this year. They're a good team. They'll win a lot of those games, I think. But I just don't think it stacks up for the Chiefs this year with the rest of the division being this good. I still have them finishing third in division. They'll make the playoffs as a seventh seed. I just, I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes. You're still going to put up numbers. You're still going to be a threat um, come come uh, December. But it's just not going to be their year to win the division. Well, we actually agree. Um, mm. and to me, I, while, while I was doing go. this, it actually, the more I thought about it, it didn't shock me to put them at three. Right. The more I thought about it is you look at them and you say, okay, you lost Harry Kill, um, but you try to replace them. Look, I love guys like Sky Moore and Juju Smith. They, I think they're phenomenal role players and maybe Sky Moore can be a little bit more in his future. But do they really replace the true 
like impact of Tyree Kill on this offense. No, it's just the threat of him. It's like so just good. The, I mean, it, it's not. It's not even just Tyree Kill playing. It's knowing that you have to game plan for a guy like Tyree Kill. Play and a guy who can, can get now the ball to him not. Too. Obviously, you still have Travis Kelsey. And look, I, I even wrote it here. The Kansas City Chiefs are still going to put up a lot of yards. There's no denying. They have Andy Reid as their head coach. There's going to be lots of yards. They have Travis Kelsey. Um, I think Sky Moore, you know, they, they still got a good receiver room that will get production, but just not the production that Tyreek Hill can equate to. I think the biggest thing we're going to see is this Chiefs defense um, and, and the tasks that they are going to be put on. Because... Look, the defense has been good, and the, their, their second half surge, their second half season surge, as is all surges have always been nice. But they've also had the comfortability of their offense in the past four years, basically being a top five scoring offense every year. I mean, they were number one in 2018, they were number five in 2019, they were number six in 2020, and they're number four in 2021. They are putting points up. Now, I'm not saying that this Chiefs offense isn't going to be pointed, putting points up. But are they going to be put, putting points up at the same rate that they did last year or the years before? No. There's going to be a lot more pressure on this Chiefs defense. And honestly, like you bet, they lost Tyron Matthew. The only guy they got really is Chris Jones. They have a few other pieces. They lost Traverius Ward, too, um, who was a very reliable, reliable corner, I would say. Um, to me, I and we'll talk about it. I don't think they make the playoffs. But I, I think you got to look at it. Ooh, and okay. I, I think so – yeah, so that's why I, that's why I have the Chiefs at third. You don't have them making the playoffs, no. Oh, okay. We'll we'll get to that. But uh, I mean, you just talked about how I mean they're tied for the fifth toughest schedule. I mean, that's a gauntlet making the playoffs. I don't know about that. All right, that's that's not biased. That's me being scared of the Chiefs. Are you kidding me? The Chiefs have brutalized us for the last. I, I think I think you're such you have such trauma from them. That, I do. It's scary. No, no, no. I, it's it's fair <laughs> enough, but I just I don't think this. Look, we'll we'll, we'll carry on. But I, Patrick Mahomes is a magician. He is. All right. Now Tyreek we have Hill. one and two. We have one and two. We have two teams to talk about here. We have, of course, the Chargers and the Broncos. Now, I'm I'm a Broncos fan. People should know that, and it's it's tough because for the last the last couple of years, all I've been it's like. Oh, we, we we have such a good roster, one of the more complete rosters in the league. We just don't have a quarterback. We don't have a quarterback. We had Case Keenum. We had Joe Flacco. We had the Drew Lock shit show. You've been waiting for this moment. And it's like, okay, finally, they get Russell Wilson. Is it enough to win the division? Of course it's enough to win the division. Do you really think I was going to bitch and complain for years about not having a quarterback and having the rest of the pieces, and now we finally get a quarterback? You think I'm going to say we're not going to win the division? Of course we're winning the division. Are you kidding me? We for the it's been so hard for us because we have all this talent, and now we finally get to see it with a guy like Russell Wilson and with a coach like Nathaniel Hackett, who is an offensive mind who will actually be able to utilize his players instead of Pat Shermer, who's gonna th be throwing tight end screens on third and 15 every single time we get ourselves into that situation. Let's look at Russell Wilson and what he's got. You got young, a young, talented group of receivers. Yes, they lost Tim Patrick. You have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. I expect thousand yard seasons out of both of them. And then, of course, you have KJ Hamler, Alberto, good, serviceable role players for them as well. And of course, you have a top 10 defense led by Justin Simmons and Passer 10. You got key additions to the run game with uh, DJ Jones as well as Randy Gregory. And then, of course, the return of a healthy Bradley Chubb. However, a lot of people, when you look at this, it's like, okay, you have all these weapons. Are you going to be able to win in shootouts against the Chiefs, against the Chargers, against the Raiders, guys that can all shoot out other teams? And I think they can, but they have something that they don't, and that's the ability to run the ball. You have one of the best run one-two combinations in the NFL. It will be once the, uh, the, the Browns lose Kareem Hunt. It will be the best one-two in the NFL. And that's Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I mean, Javante Williams – led the league in broken tackles last year. They both finished with 900 rushing yards on the season. Imagine if just been one of them, they would have been top five. Whoever that would have been, would have been top five in rushing. They have bell cow guys that I don't see Kansas City doing that with what Jared McKinnon or Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The Raiders aren't doing that with Josh Jacobs and their awful offensive line. And Austin Eckler hasn't, has never had a 1,000 yard season in his career. In fact, this is the first time he got over, I think 700 yards in his career was last season. So for that reason, I have the Broncos winning this division. And I'll get into the Chargers. The Chargers finished with the sixth seed. They'll have a great season as well. But I guess I'll let you speak to the Chargers a little bit more. 
Uh, well, I oh, guess our our perfect streak has ended. Um, so I got with the Broncos at second, and to me, I kind of look at it from a one A one B perspective. Finishing where? Um, what seed? What seed? Oh, the fifth. Um, I think they're on top of the wild card. Um, I, I don't even think that's a question. I think any team that any team that's coming second out of the AFC West is one hundred percent finishing on top of the wild card. Here's my thing, and you've glo- you, you know you went on about the Broncos, so I'm not going to speak too much about the Broncos. Obviously, everything you say is right. I'm a big fan of Javante Williams. I think they have a really solid off. I mean, actually, not really solid. They have a really good offense. Obviously, the big, the big, the big one is Russell Wilson. No question. I mean, that that is a guy that elite. I mean, you bring in an elite quarterback, you're going to be an elite offense. I think it was a sigh of relief for many Broncos fans. I mean, even though it was a preseason game to see uh, Nathaniel Hackett and um, you know your offense coordinator, just, just um, decent play calling, smart, be play miles calling. ahead of Vic Fangio, uh, even in the preseason, which was um, just I think phenomenal. But I'm I'm going to talk about the Chargers, I'm, and I'm going to do the Chargers justice. And here's why: um, I think this offense is going to be unbelievable. And, 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 and that's just me, you know, whatever. You could say I'm Justin Herbert lover, but I think this offense is going to be unbelievable. Look, they don't have the runner that, you know, the one-two punch that the Broncos do, but the Buffalo Bills do? No. Um, I think the Buffalo Bills kill people with the passing attack. And I, to me, I, I see the exact same thing with the, the, the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, you got a guy like Justin Herbert. Look, Keenan Allen, if he could stay healthy, it does rely a lot if he could stay healthy. But if Keenan Allen could stay healthy, Mike Williams, I think you have Austin Eckler, who, yes, he's not the workhorse at running back, but, man, he is a hell of a receiving back and a hell of a fancy back. Um, Their offensive line, it's kind of middle of the pack. I think they have really good guys in there. Obviously, they're too big is their center and their left tackle on Sean Slater. Um, But it continues to get better. They got their rookie, Zion Johnson. I think defensively, if Derwin James could stay healthy, and, I, and I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think the overall the Chargers defense is better than the Broncos defense, because I do think the Broncos defense is better than Chargers defense. But I think when you have a guy like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on opposite sides, and if Khalil Mack, who I think will probably go back to the Oakland form that he was with the Raiders, and maybe not entirely to the Oakland form, but it's hard not to when you have another all-pro defensive end on the other end, but and you're really, I mean... Who are they going to double team? Who are they going to double team? Robert Quinn, Um, 15 sacks. Yeah, but who, like, okay, yes. No denying it, Robert Quinn, but I mean, there's Robert Quinn and then there's Joey Boso. Um, Yes, Robert Quinn had 18 and a half sacks. No no denying that. More than Joey Bosa. I have to look at this team. And yes, health is a big thing for the Chargers, but like I said, this offense can, the sky is the limit. I think the potential for the offense is a little bit better than the Broncos, just purely because of the passing ability. Um, and that's why I've, I have them finishing third um, in the AFC. Wait. Oh, okay. I, I got what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no. I mean, I, I, I agree for the most part with what you said. I mean, I'm going to look at the uh, Khalil Mack trade as a little bit of different. You were looking at it more as a uh... – Okay. I'm sorry. You, you were looking at it more as a um, as a pass rushing move. I look at it more of a run defense move. Because you, you look at a guy like Khalil Mack who – has not had a double-digit sack season in the last three years. So it's like, why would they bring – Not, I'm not going to say a washed-up pass rusher, but a guy who's maybe not in his prime anymore. It's because last year the Chargers had one of the worst run defenses in football. It was a problem for them. So what do they do? I think they had a fantastic offseason in that area. They went and got Khalil Mack, who's an all-world run defender, and I think will help that, help that area of the, the Chargers defense by miles. And you get a guy – like Sebastian Joseph Day, who I kind of wanted the Broncos to sign, and a very good interior run defender uh, for the Rams. So he's going to just just switch uniforms, stay in the same city. So I think they addressed that area really nicely. And it's going to come down to health as well. Of course, Derwin James has had his his injuries. But this is definitely – look, it's neck and neck. They, I think there's a world in which all four of these teams win the division. It's absolutely possible. I don't think the Raiders have it. Um, but look. I think we we both agree both offenses are going to be good for the Chargers and Broncos. I just like our defense a little bit better, and I also I just don't trust Brandon Staley. I really don't. I mean, he's a defensive minded head coach. I trust Justin Herbert fine, but Brandon Staley was the one who cost him going to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, his decision making just has not been good in the two years he's been the head coach, and and if you look at the um, this this might be a little out of my ass but if you look at the Chargers organization as a whole they've had all the talent in the world and they've never been able to put it together you brought it up 
Bro, what up? I was I was trying to see how long you would go without saying that the reputation of the Chargers in the past is wasting the talent and fumbling. Their entire franchise has been but, outstanding talent and not being able to put it together. Why would anything change? Like, I but I, I mean, this talent is. Anyway, this I think this talent's crazy. But anyway, I think it is so, a crazy talent. But I mean, look, they'll they'll make it as a sixth seed in the AFC. They'll have a good playoffs, whatever. I want to go back to the Chiefs because I, I think it's a little weird that you don't have them making the playoffs. Well, we should we should go to the AFC playoff predictions and then all right, all right, fine, fine. So if I assume none of y'all were paying attention to what we how we mapped it out, but for me, <laughs> I had the Bills at one, the Ravens at two, the Broncos at three, the Colts at four, the Bengals at five, the Chargers at six, and the Chiefs at seven. I had the basically the same for the division winners besides the Broncos. I had Bills, Ravens, Chargers, Colts, and then I had Broncos, Bengals, Dolphins. Dolphins. Okay, Dolphins over Chiefs. Yeah. So are you taking yeah. uh, Tua over Mahomes in this little battle? Well, here, here it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of seems like. It, it, it's not. Well, I mean, no, I, I don't think that Mahomes is a better. I mean, that Tua is a better quarterback than Mahomes. I purely think, and Sam, you gave me my reason. I mean, you look at the gauntlet of the schedule that the Chiefs are playing. Look, there's no denying that Patrick Holmes is this phenomenal quarterback and Andy Reid can coach the hell out of an offense. I can't trust the defense. They have a really tough schedule. And if you look at the Dolphins, they're in a little bit of an easier situation. And I think the big, and here's the big reason, um, and this is kind of why I had, you know, the, the, the Broncos at five is because, and, and the Chiefs not making is because I think the AFC West is going to be so competitive that, yes, there is the possibility that three teams make it, but that isn't a situation where all these other teams have to be bad. I mean, you got to think about the division records and all that. The Chiefs would have to win a lot more games out of division, and I don't think they have the ability to do that, especially against good teams outside their division in the AFC. And I look at the Dolphins, they have a little bit of an easier schedule. They're, they have the 21st strength of schedule. I think Tua's not the guy, but I still think he's very serviceable. Even Actually, I, I think he's between that guy and serviceable. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. And I, I just like the Dolphins' ability. I think they have a really good offense. I, have, I think they have a fun offense. Um, and I, like I said, I think the, the, the absence of Tyreek Hill will definitely show in the Chiefs' offense. Yeah, I just – I mean, I, it absolutely will. But I just – you still have Patrick Mahomes. You still have Andy Reid. And, of course, you still have Travis Kelsey, who I think was always their number one threat, even with Tyreek Kill. Not threat, but number one option. That's still Patrick Mahomes' guy. You, have, you bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, who's had a phenomenal camp who the guy who has had a thousand uh, 1400 yard seasons before MBS was one of those speed burners. They still have speed on that team with MBS. You still have Nicole Hardman. And then of course you have Sky Moore who, as they like to say down there, Sky is a limit for Sky Moore. I hate that you're making me defend the chiefs. I really do. But just knowing how much they terrorized this division in the past, that doesn't just go away like that. They're still going to be a competitive team. Look, I'm not saying they're going to win the division or anything. I have them finishing like seventh for God's sake, but I I'm still going to take, in a record record situation, I'm going to take the, uh, the Chiefs edging out the Dolphins in this one. But I will just say one last point. This goes back. I I, I think it was very early on, but I, I do think the Colts can make some noise. Um, I think that's yeah. one team that, while they can run the ball, I, they can run the ball really well. I think they have a pass game that's strong enough. I think they have a defense that's very good. They have everything. I mean, it, it to me, it's like if Matt Ryan goes out there and even is somewhat of his former MVP self. And he was good in Atlanta. I'm not saying he was awful in Atlanta, but it's hard when you just don't have the talent around you. Man, if he can go out there, he like you've mentioned, he has the great offensive line. He now has Jonathan Taylor. He now has Michael Pittman. He has everything around him. He just has to go out there and win. I mean, that the, and he has the East division. He, he's, he already has a ticket to the playoffs practically. If they get in those close games and it, and it comes down to the weather and it's like, who can run the ball better? I mean, I'm taking the Colts. I like it. All right. Well, with that, we are going to wrap up the AFC predictions for us. Uh, like, let us know. Would you have changed anything? Argue. Please debate. Um, we will be coming out soon with the NFC version of this. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and have a nice day.